0: Praise our God, that little baby boy born in Bethlehem, whose birth was proclaimed not to the kings, not to the princes, not to the wealthy, but to the humble, lowly, poor shepherds. If you take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we find recorded here a commentary on what we've just heard. To the learned men, to the strict scientist, the account of Christmas is oftentimes considered ludicrous foolishness but it's not though it's perceived that way but it is interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 26 and 27 we see here god identifying and acknowledging this reality follow with me 1 Corinthians chapter 1 or chapter 1, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught those things that are. That no flesh should glory In his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. As we link back, To that Christmas history, when our Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was made flesh and came into his own, became like us, his creatures, man, made in his own image and likeness, came to us, those sinful people. Though proud and arrogant people, He came so that we could have our sins forgiven. He came so that we could have life. He humbled Himself and became a man. He became a servant, and He died on that cross, not for any crime of His own, but for my sins, your sins. The sins of everyone who has ever lived, is living, or ever will live. He took our sins upon him. He was made sin for us so that we could be clothed and wrapped in his righteousness. Oh, the glory of that! We think ourselves wise, we think ourselves good. But when we see ourselves from God's perspective, we are neither wise nor good. For there is none good but God. There is none that doeth right, no, not one. We all, if we stood before God in our own righteousnesses, would be found guilty. We would be found condemned. so often, man... In pride refuses to confess refuses to acknowledge what God has said about who we are what our condition is and who we need we need Jesus but often in our pride our arrogancy we are <clears throat> as is described here in first Corinthians uh, these here who are thought to be great, who are thought to be wise. And God has actually chosen things that are perceived by the wise man to be foolishness. So much of the Christmas account as we consider it and think upon it is, is mind-blowing. I think of this, the hope the creator of all the world and the sustainer of all things becomes a helpless, helpless baby. How could a helpless baby do anything to save us? How could a helpless baby bring peace on earth? Helpless. I mean, think of it the creator of all things, becoming a baby boy. I mean, most of us, I think, have held babies, haven't we? And, and those newborn babies, we have to even hold up their heads, don't we? Lest, lest somehow they, they jerk it and their neck breaks. That's what Jesus was like. The omnipotent one humbled himself to be such a little one, helpless, though He was the Creator, though He is God. So often what I've just relayed to you is perceived by those who are considered wise to be foolishness. And yet it is in this, quote, foolishness, that God has made himself wise and great. Because really in all of it, it doesn't matter how great we are or great and good we may think of ourselves or no matter how wise we may be or think ourselves to be, we must humble ourselves before God. Because if there is anything in which we can boast, if there is anything in which we can glory, as we see here and read, he that glorieth, Let him glory in the Lord. Because all of our salvation is brought to pass. All of our hopes and dreams are fulfilled in that one who was born helpless, but yet is the Son of God, who in this time, in this day, sits at the right hand of the throne of God, making free to us all that we need for life and glory. All that we need, He provides. He sustains us. We need Him. We need Him. And it's He alone in whom we worship and glorify. I'd like to go back in this morning as we meditate on the great gift of our Savior and read the historical account of Jesus' birth. So would you please take your Bibles, your copy of God's Holy Word, and turn with me to the first chapter of Luke as well as the first chapter of Matthew. We'll begin in Luke chapter 1 and then switch over to Matthew 1 and then back to Luke chapter 2. Again, consider with me the smallness of of the people involved in this story. I ought not to call it a story. The true story, the account. We have Mary, we have Joseph, we have shepherds, we have a stable. These these are not the things we would think of in thinking of a king. I mean, think of it for a moment, if we were to trace the genealogies, as Matthew does, of the lineage the gene line of Joseph, we would find that Joseph is in line to the throne of David, the rightful heir of the throne of David, and yet we find him as just a lowly carpenter, one who works with his hands, one who most likely in that place of the world wasn't a carpenter of wood but is a carpenter of stone, chiseling away day after day the stones to build homes, perhaps chiseling the little dugout in the stones for mangers. We picture mangers as wooden little things. They weren't wooden in that part of the world. At this time, they were were stones that had carved out a trough in them. Just a laborer. Though he was the rightful heir to the throne of David... It was the furthest from his thought. It was the furthest from those who knew him and his neighborhood. I I, I imagine that he never even spoke of it or even hardly thought of it. It was such a far reality or not their reality to him and to the place in which he found himself. And then we have Mary, a young woman, espoused to Joseph, soon to be married to Joseph, a virgin. And that's where we pick up here today in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. An angel, a very messenger from God, comes to Nazareth. Now, I imagine all of us, for the most part, when we think of Nazareth, we have a very quaint nostalgic idea of this city why that's where jesus grew up right well that wasn't exactly the perspective of nazareth back in the days when mary and joseph lived there nazareth wasn't really that great of a place it was kind of right there just on the edge of galilee there near the samaritan region also not too far from some of the Greek and pagan influences and, and it wasn't considered that great of a town in fact it wasn't even all that famous we think of it as a famous town now because of this and that day it wasn't it was again lowly nothing special and in some cases by some people it was a place despised now it would make more sense if this was Jerusalem you know, that city but it's not this angel comes to Nazareth and comes to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus, Yahshua, Jehovah saves. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. and The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my salvation, my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy." as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed, forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and he returned to her own house. And if you turn with me now to Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, verse 18, was on this wise When, as his mother was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jehovah saves, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And coming back to Luke, picking up the account in chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning This child and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Here we have seen the lowly blessed of God in bringing out the plan of the ages, a plan to redeem mankind from before the foundation of the world. Now in the fullness of time, the prophecies throughout thousands of years now being Fulfilled. And he's using the lowly to do it. It's proclaimed to the lowly. The smelly shepherds taking care of sheep out on the hillside. This morning, no matter how you view yourself, will you hear? the tidings of great joy? Will you hear this evangelization of the angels? Well, that's what the good tidings are. It's the proclaiming of good news that the angels brought to those shepherds. Have you heard it? And have you received it? As a lowly one. You see, if we turn back to Matthew and we come to Matthew chapter 2, We read that now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, when we think of this, we think of these three camels and these three wise men riding on these camels coming into Jerusalem. That's not what happened. The wise men came in, and we don't know how many there were. There was more than one. And they didn't just come by themselves. These magi, these wise men from the east, would have come likely with an army. These were great men. These were powerful and influential men. And here's what's fascinating. The message has been spread abroad and being spread abroad by shepherds. And yet here now, wise men from the east who likely know what's going on because they're probably more astute to the prophecies of Scripture than the wise men of Jerusalem and knowing that this is about time for the promises to be fulfilled have come to Jerusalem having seen a star looking for the one born. Remember here, the angels came to the lowly. All this is happening, and now we have the mighty. But yet we see the mighty going on this journey, this long journey to find this little baby boy. And they come to the obvious place you would expect. They don't come to Nazareth. They don't come to that puny little town of Bethlehem, although it's a very special town. It's, it's just a small little town. They come to Jerusalem, and they ask this question. And you can imagine with me the stir that went through that city as they have asking this question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And Herod the Great hears about this. If you know anything about the Herods, especially Herod the Great, there was a great protection and jealousy he had for his kingdom. He used to kill people to protect his kingdom. And it tells us when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And so he does something. It says that when he had gathered the chief priests and scribes together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And the scribes, they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently at what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go, and search diligently for the young child.
1: And when you have found
0: him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now, in case you don't know, he didn't mean worship. He said worship, but he really meant kill him. and when they had heard the king they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was and when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they were come into the house and they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented unto him gifts gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Here we now find the great worshiping a little boy but see, they knew that this little baby boy was more than a helpless child. He is the eternal Son of God. And so I ask you this morning, as we reflect upon this, you may identify with the shepherds. I doubt any of us identify with the magi, but you might think of yourself as someone special and great no matter who you are, no matter how lowly or how great, we all, we all need to glory only in the Lord. Humble ourselves as though a child and put our faith in this one, the Lord Jesus Christ, who grew up, became a man, a perfect and sinless man, and died on the cross for your sin, my sin, the sins of the whole world so that our sins could be forgiven. And we receive that forgiveness when we as a small child, as if we were a small child, humbly come to him believing, having faith in who he is and what he has promised. And you know what? We can go forth as those shepherds with the good tidings of great joy. And we can spread abroad all that we know, but not just what we know, but what we have received and what we have experienced. We can be his witnesses, and we need to be. And not just be his witnesses, but day by day in the midst of trials or adversities, joys and pleasures, we can be yielded to him and His Spirit fill us, giving to us peace and joy on this earth that so often seems chaotic. In the midst of the chaos, He is the one alone that brings peace on earth. We look forward to that day in the kingdom when there will be a universal peace, when He will rule as King, for He's coming again to do just that. But even now in the midst of the chaos, he can be the peace right now, no matter what we face. And so as we rejoice in this Christmas day, in this season, let us rejoice, let us glory in our God. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let's do that this year. Let's do that always. Our great and good God, we give thanks to you for your goodness and love to us. We praise you. We praise you for what you have done for us. We glory in you, for you alone are worthy of glory and honor. And Father, I pray this morning for those who have not received you, have not believed on you, that they today would believe and that throughout the rest of their life on this earth and for eternity would glory in you. We do just that as we pray, Lord Jesus, come soon, come quickly. We long for your return, and we pray for it. As we commit ourselves to you, may you use us for your glory and honor as we occupy in your grace and by your Spirit till you come. We love you now as we pray in Jesus' name, amen.